and welcome to the Good Health Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Good, a registered nutritional therapy practitioner and functional medicine practitioner. Join me as we explore thyroid, brain and fatigue conditions with positivity. From Hashimoto's to multiple sclerosis, chronic fatigue to adrenal dysfunction, I've got you covered. With expert advice and tips to help you take action now and inspiring real patient stories from successful individuals who refuse to let their health hold them back. Start your journey to good health today. And don't forget to come and join the conversation on Instagram at good underscore health, that's G-O-O-D-E. Or visit my website at nicolegoodhealth.com to find out more. Today we welcome Rachel Hill to the Good Health Podcast. Rachel is a multi-award winning thyroid patient advocate. So she's a thyroid patient herself and has gone into advocating for others, helping to raise awareness around this invisible illness. She's a writer, a speaker and an author. Her thyroid advocacy work includes writing articles, authoring books and producing her thyroid family email newsletters, as well as speaking on podcasts and events. She's doing important work to raise awareness and helping the thyroid community to get the support they need. She has a large social media presence and has books around thyroid advocacy, helping partners and family to understand thyroid conditions, and also how to talk to your children about living with a thyroid condition. We dig into both the books, her advocacy work, and her own journey with Hashimoto's in this episode. Rachel, welcome to the Good Health Podcast. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to delve into some really interesting topics, I think. Yeah, so let's start with your own health journey, if we can, if you don't mind talking about that. Um, you know, you've you've been diagnosed with hypothyroid and I believe Hashimoto's. You've, yes. What you've got. Um, so yeah, let's just dig into your story. How did it, how did it sort of come about? What were the, what was sort of the first signs? How was the diagnosis and, and that sort of thing? Yeah. So I was diagnosed when I was, I believe 21, almost 22, but I had like many thyroid patients, I had symptoms peppered throughout my childhood. Um, as a child, it were, I was, I was labeled as lazy and I was, I was pretty much always tired. I struggled with PE at school, you know, a lot of things that a lot of other thyroid patients will relate to. Um, something I don't see talked about often enough, perhaps because um, it's a bit of an embarrassing topic. But as a child, I could go two, three weeks between having a bowel movement, things like that, that looking back now, I understand how abnormal they were. But I, I didn't question them as a child, because that's just just what things were. No one told me it was it wasn't normal. So yeah, I had signs like that going through. I really struggled with anxiety uh, and depression as as quite a young child as well. And then going into my teenage years. But it's when I got to around 16, 17 years old, um, I contracted swine flu, which was obviously a big deal at the time. This was back in, I'm thinking, 2009, I think it was. Um, and I got so, swine flu as well, actually. That was yeah. the pandemic prior to COVID. <laughs> I know it, it was it was really rough and I had it I had it really badly for a, a few weeks and after that point my health was was even worse it had fast tracked whatever was kind of underlying or starting to come apart um I would have daily muscle aches and pains in my legs um 
acne started to sort of get out of control but as a 16 year old you know again I was I just kind of expected that that was normal and didn't question it too much it's easy to put these things down to just being you as well isn't it you know, like you're saying as a child you know that was normal for you and you know acne at 16 that's kind of normal because you're going through that hormonal time and and and, and again I, sort of further on like you know, tiredness when we talked about this on one of the other episodes when you've had a baby you know you're just tired because you've got a baby in the house and you know and things like that so it's easy to put things down to just being normal isn't it you know it's just normal for you yeah yeah and then it's I think it's really easy for for us to accept certain things as labels as well so I very early on just kind of accepted that I was just a lazy person I'm a tired person I don't really like sports that's not what I'm into um and actually it was that profound lack of just energy that pure fatigue and exhaustion that I I didn't know wasn't normal I couldn't understand why my friends were out doing so much more and could keep up a faster paced um kind of life I guess social life and Yes, after swine flu at 16, um, I'd have migraines and muscle aches and pains. Uh, At 18, I um, came down with another, I guess, like mystery illness. We never really figured out what it was. We thought um, maybe it was like EBV, but that was never confirmed. I essentially ended up in hospital in intensive care on life support. Um, I got to the point of having pneumonia that was life threatening. So I spent a few weeks in there over my 18th birthday, unfortunately. Um, And then between those two illnesses my health just kept sort of nose diving until I got to that point of being in hospital um I was also dealing with a lot of life stresses at the time as well my family were going through a lot of stresses and so there was mental emotional physical stress the the, the whole sort of combination that we see so often when people trigger their thyroid issues um and yeah I came out of hospital and again just was never really the same and I had another three or four years until I got to the point of being diagnosed with autoimmune hypothyroidism um in which time my health just continued to worsen so I lost most of my hair I lost about 80 percent of the hair on my head you know eyebrows falling out weight fluctuating um then I was at the point of alternating between constipation but also diarrhea there was so much going on I, I always describe it as from the top of my head to the tip of my toes every part of me was affected in some way um and yeah by the time I was diagnosed I was just in a real state I was I was 21 almost 22 and yet I could barely remain in work I had a job that I it was standard nine to five you know five days a week and I was there probably one or two days a week every week I was really fortunate to have an and have an employer that was quite flexible and understanding, and they could see that I was going through a real health crisis. But um, my work was massively impacted. I had no social life. I had no quality of life overall, um, and I felt a bit like I was going mad because many trips to the doctors and being told that you're twenty, you're twenty one, you you know you you there's nothing wrong with you. You you should be fine. You should have energy. And I'm kind of thinking, well, I I don't. So what is the reason for this? Um, but yeah, I finally got that diagnosis and then began this whole journey of what I'm doing today within thyroid advocacy because I was overwhelmed. I felt relieved, but also frustrated, angry that it took so long to figure out what was going on. Uh, but I was hopeful that we could get on top of my health. Um, yeah, and so I, I started looking for thyroid information out there, um, started blogging, writing about my own experiences online as I went through getting the correct treatment and that's a whole other figuring out yeah figuring out getting the thyroid medication correct but then also realizing that that's not the only piece to this big puzzle and that's something I think people don't always realize with thyroid that actually we're looking at 
the whole body, not just the thyroid. Those symptoms can be, you described it as, um, I think you said from head, from your head to your toes. Um, And that really is something I talk about a lot because I think people, people just think, oh, it should just be thyroid symptoms, like solely whatever the thyroid manages, that's the symptoms that you will get. Um, But the thyroid is interconnected to so many different parts of the body and you can get symptoms, really kind of whole body symptoms and people don't necessarily put it down to, their thyroid or um you know they don't consider that they the thyroid could be the cause of them and i think it's really important that people realize that and sort of understand that that you know that it is more than just a, a body part we're looking at the body you know as a whole um yeah and how so how important was it for you to kind of take a a sort of a holistic whole body kind of approach to your thyroid and you know do, do you use a lot of tools like lifestyle diet um you know all these other things to sort of um manage your health yeah so i see those as being just as important as taking my thyroid medication every day so um in terms of the thyroid medication side of things i was started on the standard levothyroxine which a lot of people do respond absolutely fine to um, I did not. My health continued to worsen for another six or seven months, at which point um, I explored NDT. Um, so I'm currently on Armathyroid. Um, and in the last couple of years, I have a small amount of levothyroxine alongside that, because since going through a couple of childbirths um, quite close together, my needs have just shifted and changed and we continue to monitor that. Yeah, um, yeah getting my third medication right helped me feel a lot better. I often describe it as it got me sort of 60% of the way there. I felt like I got most of my old self back in terms of my health, uh, mental clarity and everything that it covers. But there were these ongoing niggling things that I was thinking, well, my third levels are optimal so I don't understand what's going on. And this is taking into account your free T3 and T4, not just TSH, but then began this exploration of the autoimmune side of things, which yeah. obviously within more mainstream conventional medicine, it just often isn't really spoken about. There isn't really a recognized treatment plan at all. Um, and so, yeah, I, I explored, I, I started exploring on my own and starting to implement things, um, such as going gluten-free that's that's such a big spoken about um dietary adjustment within the thyroid world um i did also experiment with going dairy free i learned about things like keeping my blood sugar balanced and adrenal health and various things i did as much research as i could and i got myself so far by implementing certain things that i could um before i then got to the point where i thought i need someone else someone else to be guiding me on that last sort of 20 30 percent and that's when I began working with a functional medicine practitioner um who was excellent at just mapping out these I guess holes in my health that I hadn't yet been able to figure out myself um, yeah. and included things like my gut health um, which I just didn't know where to begin with um and other dietary changes that are not so much about taking lots of things out but I loved her approach of adding more good stuff in trying to get more diversity in because I think there's a lot of fear around food um, in the sort of health and wellness space that we should be avoiding a hundred different things. And it feels really daunting and scary. Um, and a lot of the time, what we often need is just add more good stuff. Yeah. I had this um, conversation yesterday, actually, we were recording another episode. I was recording with another functional practitioner and um, we actually had this conversation around autoimmunity, around the fact that I get so many people coming to me on such restrictive diets 
because they've read, you know, so much online, um, you know, take this out, take that out, you know, the next thing. You know, so they take they take the first thing out and then they, you know, and, and some things, yes, OK, we do need to take out. You know, you've mentioned gluten and that is that's usually one of the things that does come out. But, you know, then they start taking the next thing out because gluten, it, removing gluten helps. So then they start taking the next thing out and then the next thing. And before you know it, they're on such a restrictive diet. And sometimes yeah. we've talked about this. Sometimes you can feel a bit better at first, but then you feel worse because you're actually just not getting the nutrients then. And a huge part of what I do is getting people back eating foods, you know, lots of foods back in the diet. And I think that's really, um, really important because I think people don't, I think they just think if you keep taking things out, it's going to, it's going to help. Um, but you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. Taking that, that whole body approach. And, and I think, I think as well, like you said, you know, you can get so far, but then there's certain things like, again, yesterday we were talking about the importance of um, stool testing um, I run it with every client to look at gut health because, you know, it's 78% of your immune system is in the gut and your gut health is so important if you're looking at that autoimmune tea. And that side of things is a side that conventional medicine doesn't do so well. Um, yeah. But kind of looking at all those changes of the diet and lifestyle, because one of the questions I, uh, or one of the, I guess not questions, one of the kind of blocks, I guess, that are, people kind of come up against when they're, you know, working on this stuff is, how hard it is to actually change your lifestyle because it's not a diet. It's not, you know, a lot of this is some of these things. Like if we look at like, say, you know, you take the, I don't know, autoimmune paleo diet off the internet or something like that and do it, that's designed to be a short-term diet. It's something you're meant to do short-term, feel better, and then you find out what you can get back in the diet. But in terms of making these changes for your health to make you feel better, some of these changes are lifetime changes. We want, we want to build you, you know, a lifestyle that you can actually continue with. How difficult did you find it going, you know, making all these changes, looking into your lifestyle? Was it a big change for you? What was your sort of diet and lifestyle like beforehand? Yeah, it was it was a complete overhaul because thinking back as well to the fact that I was in my early 20s, um, at the time I was, you know, I think I'd just completed an apprenticeship. So I was in like, you know, a fairly beginner's wage job. My now husband was still at university. And so we didn't have a lot of money to spend on things like food. It was, we were eating what everyone else our age was eating, which is um, a bag of pasta and a, a shop bought sauce and you put them together and that's a meal. Um, you know, that's that's how a lot of people eat at that age. Um, going out and having drinks. I've never been a big drinker, but I was consuming alcohol, you know, maybe a couple of times a week, I'd have a drink here and there. Things like that, um, the... It, it those things are no longer really part of my life because uh, over the years I have figured out which things just don't really don't really work for my body which things are worth the thyroid flares and which things are not and the grand majority of things are not worth the thyroid flares especially now I've got children I have to really prioritize what is and isn't important but um yeah that that is why I got to the point of seeking out a functional medicine practitioner because I got to the point where I was so overwhelmed. I needed someone else to almost like take this burden off my shoulders. It was yeah. so heavy. Um, and quite honestly in life, we've got enough other stuff to figure out when we've got jobs and children and various other things to navigate as well. Um, and so it was a huge, huge help to have someone, A, confirm that the things I'd already done um, were a good starting point and to B, confirm that there were some other things that we could do as well and to just help me guide guide me on that and have regular check-ins Um and that sort of thing. But yeah, compared to, compared to before I started looking at this more holistically, 
having had my diagnosis and now the biggest changes are that I, I still don't eat gluten so that's been about six or seven years now I guess maybe longer um I removed alcohol about four or five years ago um and I, I still don't drink alcohol at all uh caffeine caffeine was contributing towards uh reflux and migraines things like that um so I decided to remove that almost entirely I might have the odd cup of tea here and there that isn't decaf and things like that but um things like that oh and the, the, this is a really big one that a lot of people don't consider but just eating in a mindful way to keep your blood sugar balanced yeah that's not a case of again taking things out your diet or anything like that but it's just looking at um every snack and meal you eat and thinking is this going to sustain me for another couple of hours or however long and um, that it's intended to is this going to going to give me mental clarity am I going to start feeling cranky in a in half an hour um doing things that I guess you could call them hacks, but that just give you that long-term energy throughout the day. Because so many people come to me talking about this 3 p.m. slump that is infamous within the thyroid world as well. And the brain fog in the mornings, you know, I used to wake up so brain fogged and fatigued and I felt nauseous and sweaty and dizzy. And once I got into the habit of eating a, a good breakfast that was balancing my blood sugar more than either jam on toast or sugary cereal with milk on top. Yeah. Um, that disappeared once I've been doing that for maybe a week or so my body was adjusting and I was feeling way better for it in the morning and actually some of these things you can get quite quick results with as well which is um you know is really nice and and blood sugar is well it's a big one with all autoimmune but it is a big one with thyroid so if we kind of look at you now I guess you are um you're doing a lot of work around advocating for um, hyperthyroidism, Hashimoto's, uh, any people with these sort of thyroid health conditions. And you're helping people to learn how to advocate for themselves as well, which is a, is a huge part of, of any autoimmune disease, really. We've all got to advocate for ourselves when we've got, when we've got autoimmunity. But why was it important for you to start doing the advocate work and to kind of raise awareness because, you know, lots of people have got thyroid conditions, but they don't go into kind of doing something like this and advocating and raising awareness and, you know, that sort of side of things. So what made you want to speak out and want to help support sort of people in, in finding their own voice, I guess? Um, I turned to the online online world to understand what it all meant, what my life would look like with this new diagnosis. And I couldn't find the right information and support out there. So I started to digest um, information from, you know, many of the third books that you can see behind me from a lot of the people that we know within this world. I started to digest them and they're, they're great. They're from medical experts um, and medical professionals. But when you're brain fogged and fatigued they are so hard to absorb and know what to do anything with and so I wanted to take that information and make it more easily accessible and more easily digestible so that people can start to make these small steps because it's overwhelming knowing where to begin and then when you start to find that information um it's hard to know what which information to trust what what will apply to you um and where to go from there so the only information I could find was from other you know, medical professionals and doctors within the thyroid world. And it just felt like we were lacking that patient voice within that who is literally going through it and living it um, and figuring out which of this information does and doesn't apply. Um, and doing so, I started by setting up a, a Facebook group. I joined a load of Facebook groups with thyroid conditions and 
I just didn't find any of them having the right uh, environment that I was looking for, this kind of community of people um, kind of there for each other at the good points, but also the bad points, you know, sharing in the highs and lows and encouraging each other to keep going and to figure it out and give each other tips and trips, uh, tips and tricks on navigating doctor's appointments and, and various things like that. And so I set up a Facebook group and then it just kind of spiraled from there. Um, my husband, Adam, he asked me, you know, I'm thinking how long ago this was now. Uh, my website's been going for about eight years. So back then everyone was blogging about everything and anything. And he said, why don't you create a blog, get your thoughts out, you know, certain aspects of trying to get diagnosed and the treatment process I found really frustrating. Um, and writing had always been a, a natural way for me to process what I was going through. And so he, he said, you know, set up a blog, get your thoughts and feelings out and process it in that way. Um, and that's where it all kind of began. A lot of people started giving me feedback straight away. Um, and it went from just being a blog about my personal experiences to actually then collating information from books, from papers, from research, from various sources, um, as well as then directing people out to where they can get more information. Because underlining everything that I do is that I am, I'm a thyroid patient expert, but I'm not a doctor. So um, I'm very aware that we need to signpost people to the right information where that is appropriate um but yeah I just I felt like there was a real patient voice lacking um and I couldn't be the only person who was frustrated with not knowing where to go next so I guess I just wanted to fill that hole yeah I think that's great it's it's an interesting story um because obviously a lot of people usually are like you said medical professionals or functional medicine practitioners or you know nutritionists or you know within the field I guess um but I think it's also helpful for patients to hear other patients stories as well and to I think just to know this is actually something else I want this is something else I wanted to ask you about because I think it's it also helps people to feel less alone if they hear other people are going through a similar story because the autoimmune diseases all of them can be quite isolating in the sense of um and well, actually, and, and you actually call yourself on Instagram, I think, is it the invisible hypothyroidism, isn't it? Yeah. Which it kind of interested me when I looked at your um, looked at your page, because a lot of autoimmune diseases are what we call kind of invisible diseases, as in you, you know, you can't necessarily see all the symptoms other pe- other people can't see all the symptoms. We can feel them, but, you know, other people can't. And you know, we've briefly kind of touched on this on on a couple of other episodes, but like, what made you choose that handle? What what about sort of it being an invisible illness um, is important to you? Um, so it came from I before I started blogging, I wrote um, a poem. The again, writing's just always been a way for me to get things out. I wrote this poem that I. Um, titled the invisible which just kind of and it's on my website for anyone interested but just kind of talks about all these symptoms and effects to our mental health and things internally that we experience that our friends family co-workers they don't see um and the impacts of that and i wanted to take what is an invisible illness and make us more visible thyroid patients uh the thyroid conditions are very prevalent actually if we if people were more open about it we'd realize that we have many friends and family that also have yeah. thyroid issues or maybe experienced it for a while after giving birth um you know we we would realize that but 
as it is, it is it is very invisible. Many people live with it day to day. Either perhaps they take their medication, they're fine, and they respond well, and they don't think anything else of it. But there are many people who are not thriving day to day. They have ongoing symptoms, but they continue to feel as if they can't speak openly about that. And so, or they accept them. They just sort of say, you know, well, I've taken the medication, and that's as far as it's got me, and that's me now. That's I have to stay yeah, with these symptoms. Exactly. I've yeah, and perhaps those are the symptoms that they have are other separate conditions, the antidepressants, the laxatives, um, the omeprazole for acid, acid reflux, various things. Um, but yeah, so for me, it was a case of taking that invisible in us and making us more visible, giving us a platform to speak about it, to share about it, to raise awareness of what we experience so that hopefully we can get friends and family more involved um, so that we can feel more supported and open up about it more, but also just to raise more general awareness among the population. And um, there are people who are you know, still going undiagnosed, like many of us are for years. Um, I was lucky that from the time that my symptoms were really bad to being diagnosed, it was maybe five years or so. But for many people, that is much, much longer. Yeah, for me, it was, um, I mean, I, I don't have high thyroid, but I have a lower autoimmune. And my, my diagnosis was um, 15 years. So, you know, it's a long, it's a long time. And they said, and the average they say with autoimmune is like seven years. It's a long time. And some people do get diagnosed very quickly. Um, but for others, it, it can be, you know, quite a long journey. And you've mentioned writing as something that you used as a tool to kind of help you, I guess, through the, through the illness and help you process everything. And, and part of the sort of advocacy work that you do now uh, has led you to writing a few support books and the first one so I just want to you know we've kind of touched on the first one because it's about the first one's about how to advocate for yourself which we've we've kind of sort of touched on but the second one I just wanted to dig into a little bit more with you because you wrote this one to help partners family friends um, understand thyroid issues that their loved ones are maybe you know going through so what's your a what's your experience with that with people sort of understanding it and why what why was that something that was an important topic for you to write about yeah so I wrote um so the book is called you me and hypothyroidism and I co-authored it with my husband Adam um it was really important to me that we got the whole I guess 360 view of what it's like for the therapy patient and their loved one um we often we talk about it very lightheartedly you know we've been very candid speaking about it publicly and Adam admits that some of his viewpoints when I was first diagnosed were wrong and he wants to make sure we continue to talk about that so that we can help more couples but yeah when I was first diagnosed Adam um he couldn't understand why I had ongoing symptoms when I took a pill every day and I should have been fine because that's what the doctor told me yeah um I was I was very adamant in saying it doesn't feel like it's working um, but he struggled to grasp how that could be so when I was taking the medication and I was still having panic attacks that were um, affecting both of our lives every day, especially when I was trying to get ready for work. It would feel like, you know, I was having, like I said before, these mornings where I was hot and dizzy and the room was spinning and then that would lead into a panic attack because I was thinking, how am I feeling this physically awful? Am I dying? Are the doctors missing something? Um, and it really feeds into your mental health. And where that then impacts the people that we lived with and those around us is that if they can't if they can't understand the ins and outs of how thyroid medication works even just in a, a basic sense this book is definitely not a technical book it just delivers 
just the information they need to know so that it can help. Um, if they can't understand that stuff, then how can they understand that different people may need different types of thyroid medication or that thyroid medication, like we said, is just that one piece of the puzzle and that there are other things we can be doing, such as lifestyle changes that they can be supporting us with so that we can work together as a team to navigate this together. And in some respects, it could actually make your relationship stronger after going through a rough patch of learning how to live with um with one half of you as a romantic couple one half of you being um newly chronically ill I know that we went from feeling like we were a 21 year old couple to a 91 year old couple Adam quickly almost fell into a a carer role he was having to help me up the stairs help me to the toilet um my health was completely devastated and as he saw me sort of fighting to get things back on track he started to understand just how there was so much more to it and the more that I got him involved in that in my day-to-day um the more we could get my health better and get me back on track so it benefited us as a family unit and so yeah it was really important for us that we shared the ins and outs of all of that whilst also acknowledging that for the person who doesn't have hypothyroidism this is a really hard thing to understand and navigate you can feel like you're walking on eggshells when you're hypothyroid partner is having mood swings or perhaps you're struggling with infertility due to it and that is a really um that is a really common area that I'm asked about a lot how we navigate things like the fertility struggles that can come with hypothyroidism not only from the point of view of ensuring that our thyroid levels are optimal and that we're looking at ourselves holistically to support our fertility because that can be affected with thyroid disease but also supporting each other from the mental health side of things attending appointments together um yeah it's it's um really a one of a kind book that again we just felt was lacking um a lot of what i do is um if there is a hole in the thyroid world thyroid patients are coming to me asking for resources on certain things and it doesn't exist I'm very likely to um, want to fill that hole so that we can deliver what what more people need. And do you feel it's made you stronger as a couple, him being part of the journey with you? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's currently going through his own health stuff at the moment. Um, He's struggling with gut health issues. And as a result of everything that I've learned through having mine, we are able to implement a lot of that knowledge into his own health now where previously he's you know never really had physical or mental health um struggles at all but by him being aware of what we have gone through with mine um it's I don't know if this makes sense but it makes it easier for him to understand when I'm suggesting let's 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 order these tests and look into these areas I've got a great practitioner that um, maybe we could get you booked into um and it's a case of continually working as a team um but yeah just day to day he'll understand um so last night did not get a great night's sleep because as a parent of two young children um we were up early my youngest was up before 5am this morning because he's struggling with separation anxiety and so Adam could see from me early this morning just by the look on my face that I'm quite fatigued I'm a bit brain fogged today and there are probably some things that we need to do um to give me some extra to support just to make sure that this is like a one or two day thing and we're not going to end up going down a slippery slope towards thyroid flares and things like that um, so by keeping that o- open communication, um, yeah, it's it helps an awful lot to have someone else have eyes on my health that isn't just me, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I think quite often when it's you, you push through as well. You know, you yeah. we, we, you know, as I'm talking, I mean, I'm 
I'm a practitioner, but I'm a patient as well. And I'm sort of from the patient side of things We we are very much, I think, um, particularly with autoimmune, we push through. And I think we have to push through if we've been down a road where this was something that definitely happened with me. If we've been, we've been down a road where it's a long diagnosis for me, it was like, you know, 15 years, I couldn't do nothing for 15 years. I couldn't stop. I had to keep going. I had to push through. There was times where I couldn't work, but I had to, I had to get on with life. You know, you can't do nothing whilst you're waiting for that diagnosis. You've got to kind of try and push on and get going. And, and I think we do that a lot. And, and I know I'm, I'm really bad for this and it comes from having that long period of, of having to push through. I still do it now. I still push through when I know I should stop sometimes. And I'm, <laughs> I'm really I'm bad for it. I have to sometimes give myself a talking to, um, but I think we do, it becomes a part of us to, you know, people always, I've heard people say before, you know, like people with chronic illness are not weak. They're actually usually very strong people because they've had to be, you know, they've had to push yeah. through. Like you were saying, you know, at 21, it was like being a 91 year old. You had to push through. You had to keep going. You've had to figure all this stuff out. And, and usually they're, they're strong, you know, strong people who are struggling with these things. And, um, but I think, a you know, a, a support network and, I think a lot of people think that, you know, what sort of what I do a lot and a lot of what I do do is is obviously comes around nutrition. That's a huge part of it and lifestyle and things like that. But there's a lot of other elements to it. And one of the things that people need, one of those pillars to help support, to help get people back to kind of optimal health as much as we can is a support network. It's hugely important to have that um, somebody that you can lean on a bit, somebody who can help you out on the bad days, like you say um yeah but also somebody who will maybe just sometimes tell you to slow down as well (laughs) I think we all need that occasionally when we're trying to maybe push through somebody else to sort of say actually do you know what I think you need to slow down a bit today or you know and and sometimes it might be the opposite sometimes it might be if if somebody's feeling a bit down and a bit it might be getting them going again you know it can be it can work both ways but I think a support network is is hugely important in um in all autoimmune and, and you know chronic illness and sort of if we expand on this kind of family network um we you know we've talked there about like the the partner sort of side of things but you've also got you then brought out a third book um which is actually correct me if I'm wrong but it's actually written for children so that they can it's like a children's book written in the style of, of a children's book to help them understand having a parent with hyperthyroid and you know what it might look like um you know for you as a mum you know with hyperthyroid what that how that what that might look like for the child so again I guess the question is and this is because there's something that comes up a lot I mean you know thyroid can come up a lot post-pregnancy um sort of in pregnancy or postpartum or um so it's a time when women often do suffer with with thyroid issues um but sort of why was that important again to you to write what was your experience with it what did you see your your children struggling with certain things or other people's children struggling with certain things and what sort of brought around this kind of topic area I guess for you yeah so thyroid superhero was um very much created out of my own child's uh need to question everything I do for my thyroid health so I have a three and a one year old and by the time my three-year-old was um sort of two and a half 
all of the why and what questions started, they become very curious. And he noticed I was taking thyroid medication every day. He noticed that mommy doesn't always eat the same food we do in terms of, um, we rarely have things like like pasta, but if we do, I will make up a, a separate gluten-free pasta unless I'm just serving us all the same. But he will notice that I might have um, separate foods, that I take medication, that um, I might be more tired some days, that if we've had a really hectic weekend where I've overcommitted to things, come Sunday evening, mommy might just need to rest. And um, the more aware he got and the more questions he asked, the more I started to think about how I could answer his questions in an age-appropriate way. Um, in our house, we love books. I am an avid book reader, so is my husband. Um, my ch- our children were always going to be. We have hundreds of books. And whenever he, and my youngest will get there at some point as well asking these questions, but whenever he is asking questions as a topic he's interested in and he wants to know more, or if he's struggling, um, you know, when he started nursery, he, he was struggling with anxiety and things like that. We turned to books as a way to get the conversation going. Um, and so it was... It felt quite natural for me to, again, create another book, something I've done before, something that um, I feel is a great resource for children to get those conversations going and to open up what hypothyroidism is in the most simplest of terms. Um, you know, I wrote this book with the age range of about two to seven years in mind. Um, what hypothyroidism is, where the thyroid is located, um, why your grown up might need to take medication and what that does what what thyroid flare days are what that might look like the ways that they can help their grown-up and by help I mean maybe you can do some nice uh, calming activities together sitting on the sofa reading books find ways to um kind of navigate those days together but in a way that when we're also not overwhelming children or making it any any bigger than it has to be at the same time um I am a firm believer in honoring the whole experience of Often when you get diagnosed, you, you, you're at the lowest point in your health. And there's often a bit of a roller coaster over the years while, while you're getting things um, to a better place. And even now when my health is in a really good place, I still have dips. Um, life happens. My gut health goes down the drain again. I need to get back on top of that. It's It's an ongoing process. But I don't want people to feel as if there is no hope out there. We can very much get to a point of living well and healthy and thriving again. Um, but I, this book represents that whole journey that there are going to be flares from time to time that um, your grown up might be figuring out um, what sort of foods are making them feel good or not so good. And uh, it also covers things like this, the spoon theory, which you may or may yeah. not be familiar with, but it's an analogy within the chronic illness community. So there are very simple discussions like that that we can have with our children um, that, you know, just gets those conversations open so that they can have their questions answered, um, hopefully feel a little less worried if they're noticing some of these things and they're growing up and they're getting to that point of asking lots of questions that also just help to raise awareness of thyroid conditions and thyroid symptoms in our children as well, considering that there is that genetic component as well. I know that I want my children to grow up being aware of any signs and symptoms, not just for themselves, but you know, there's a good chance that they're going to have um, friends or future family and loved ones that um that could develop thyroid conditions and if I can help spread that awareness further just to help um other people get you know tested and diagnosed sooner get some of their years back that many of us lost um then yeah I feel like it's a really multifaceted resource that um 
will hopefully just encourage the next generation to be a bit more aware and even a bit more accepting um, of people with with chronic illness as well. Yeah, I think that's um, it's it is really important, and and I guess it's helping as well as helping the children. It's helping parents to under to to know how to speak to their children about it as well. It's giving them them sort of guidance on how to speak to the children as well as helping you know helping the children in terms of them having a book that they can read about it so the question is what's what next what where do you you've sort of talked about these holes that you find in um in thyroid care and there's a lot of them um (laughs) but where I guess have you got have you found that next hole in thyroid care that is the next sort of thing you want to support people with um you know what's what's I guess what's next for you yeah so there's always more to be done in the thyroid advocacy world um I'm continuing to be involved especially here in the UK with um UK thyroid charities there's also the campaign um that is continually ongoing to uh, bring more medication options to thyroid patients here in the UK. A lot have had their T3 medication withdrawn within the last five years. Um, So I I aim to continue to be involved with all of that good stuff. Um, In terms of personal projects, my aim is to get a book out there um, around fertility, pregnancy, postpartum parenting, and that whole chunk of our lives, which is often affected by thyroid disease. Um, there's one or two books out there. Again, they're still quite technical, though, and they they kind of end at the point um, that you give birth. And there's this huge gap of, oh, my goodness, how do we actually parent with with a chronic health condition like thyroid disease? Um, which can be a whole, you know, whirlwind of its own. So I would definitely love to explore that more so um, in book form. And uh, now that my youngest, my one-year-old son has started nursery, I should hopefully have some more time on my hands now to get stuck in with projects like that. But um, yeah, I, I tend to I tend to be a bit here, there and everywhere, getting involved in anything that can help spread that thyroid awareness and just reach more people and fundamentally let them know that, if you're on thyroid medication and you're still feeling unwell, you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there are things, things you, can you can do. do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Rachel, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, we will link your Instagram, we'll link the books um, below this in the show notes so that people can, can find them nice and easily. But really appreciate your time today uh, in talking to me. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Good Health Podcast. Do share the episode with anyone who you think it may benefit or who may enjoy it and help me spread the word by rating the episode or leaving a review. If you want more, you can find other episodes in the series on your podcast app or sign up to my free newsletter. Not only will you get information on new episodes launching, but we cover lots of health topics with the Ask Nicole section where you can send in your questions, my favorite recipes, my favorite products, tips and tricks to help you on the road to good health and much more. You can sign up free of charge at nicolegoodhealth.com forward slash newsletter also linked below. I hope you have a lovely week. Don't forget to hit subscribe and I'll see you next time.